Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap for this week's Century Tournament of Champions. I'm sure nothing too crazy happened today. Mark Immelman is here. Mark, good to see you. Good to see you, Rick. Um, I heard about your golf course, your, your golf today. That made me excited. But just quickly to tee you up uh, on the show yesterday evening, I said I was prepared to bet the farm on Morikawa. So uh, you can consider the farm no longer part of my ledger because uh, of what happened today. You are down one farm. No, uh, one we will farm. keep track of your farm count for the rest of the year. Greg Ducharme is here. Gregor's good to see you. Yeah, it went um, pretty much as we all expected, <laughs> except for Mark, I guess, and me, <laughs> and Sia, and uh, probably in everybody world. else in the, in the world of golf. That was something else. Um, it, you know, it's difficult to watch. It's it's cool in one sense because the the PGA Tour every single week gives us a great show on Sunday in the last couple of holes. But on the other hand, I feel. Uh, just like Colin Morikawa, I feel a sadness for him. It's it's never easy to watch something like that. That's funny you say that, Greg, because before you guys clicked on, I was speaking with our producer, Troy, and he was like, wow, that was rough. And I said to him, you know, I f- sort of feel sick to my stomach a little bit, you know, you know, watching this sort of stuff and knowing what players are going through and how quickly everything can come apart at the seams. But then I made the sort of sick joke. I'm like, well, if this was that other tour, uh, we wouldn't have the story. Uh, Morikawa would be four million deep and uh, taking Sunday off kind of thing. So, yeah, it's 72 holes is why we play 72 holes. And it it, it proved that, you know, I guess over the long haul, the cream's going to rest at the top. For those just tuning in, wondering what happened on Sunday, uh, look back to Saturday evening. Colin Morikawa goes to bed with a six-shot lead, and he, Greg, he starts off just fine. Three birdies in his first six, and that's kind of the hardest stretch of golf on the plantation course at Kapalua. This was going to be a coronation. It was a lead that grew to uh, seven strokes, and then the wheels fell off. Morikawa melted down. Uh, He played his final 12 holes at two over par, and John Rahm chased him down. Yes, he did. Now, yesterday we were talking about this and, you know, what kind of scenarios could come up to make this thing close. And it felt like the even par round for Colin Morikawa would be four under anything in the 60s, and he would get it done. Uh, it turns out that that's exactly what it would have taken, right? If he shoots four under, uh, he wins by one. Uh, and it it gets really difficult to catch him when he shoots in the 60s. And when you're looking at a guy that shot rounds of, um, you know, 65 on, on Saturday, 66 on Friday, 64 on Sunday, and made it look so easy, it's hard to imagine him not able to shoot in, in the 60s. Uh, and then you get off to that start through the first six holes, and, and, and you three-putted five. And he's still three under through six, and this is, this is over. This is just what we expected. Uh, nice to see him still making putts and making birdies and hitting good shots. And it's going to be uh, a cruise all the way down. We're going to be enjoying the the whales and the views and the drone shots and enjoying Hawaii uh, in kind of a relaxing fashion. And boy, uh, then you're reminded that this is golf. Yeah, it certainly is. And and Mark, it was 67 bogey-free holes to start this tournament. For those keeping track at home, uh, they only play 72. So you start 67 without a bogey, you're doing a pretty good job. Then he bogeys 14, 15, and 16. He was the only player all week to go back-to-back bogeys at 14 and 15. Those are two very easy holes. And things things just started spinning quickly, right? I mean, I, I I know this happens to me all the time. It happens to the professionals a lot less, but things were spinning very quickly. 
And that happens to the professionals a lot. And and more often than not, it happens at the least opportune moments. And more often than not, golf is the strange way, or this golf ball, I should say, has a strange way of finding places that are going to expose your weakness. And and Colin Morikawa has done fantastic work over a very short space of time with uh, with um, Cameron uh, on his on his pitching and stuff around the greens, and then. Um, uh, Parker McLaughlin, I should say, and then of course with Stephen Sweeney on the greens, and um, so all of a sudden here he is, and everything's going swimmingly, and he's making putts and making saves and hitting good shots, and and was cruising as you say, but then you, you're faced with that pitch from behind, um, 14 green, which is like lightning, and you're playing defensively on that, but then you overread that putt down the hill, which is forgivable, but then to get to the par five, the next hole, which is statistically as far as I can guess, and from my experience there, the easiest hole on the golf course. Uh, we saw John Rahm hit like a wedge in there today. It's 530-something par five. And he sort of necks a tee shot down there. That's forgivable. But from there, you can't really go to the, on, for the green unless you've got a really good lie. So it leaves in a place where the pitching technique was likely to be exposed. And uh, we had I had a friend over for dinner. In fact, the guy who works with uh, Russell Henley on his fitness, and and we were just catching up, and and so we looked at the TV, and I looked at him. I'm like, if stuff's going to go wrong, it's about to go wrong here. <laughs> and he looked at me, and he goes, "You think?" I'm like, everything about this into the grain, tight flag, ball coming back to you, uh, that pitching action that has been going fine right now. All of a sudden, this is real, and. and Turns out that sadly, my prediction was manifest. And then that next shot, I thought he did pretty well. But then now you're thinking, right? And last night I said to Greg, the thing about that golf course is there's not a whole lot of fans around. And it's so spread out, you don't get a lot of noise. And then the wind's blowing down the hill. So you don't really hear much of what's going on. So you can't hear roars from a front like the Ram Eagle and stuff. And there are very few leaderboards. But the one leaderboard there is is right behind that 15th green. And there's one, I think, behind 16 and next to 17T as well. So now Marikawa looks up, I'm sure, <laughs> and sees Ram at 26 or whatever he is. And now you've got six feet left to ride downhill, which you don't want to wish on your worst enemy. He misses that. And all of a sudden, then the wedge on the next hole was disastrous, you know, from a decent lie. And, and you could just see that everything moved fast to your to, to your observation. And all of a sudden, the guy that looked positively bulletproof wasn't that because it's such a human game and it's it's just the way the things work out. So it happens to the worst of them. And honestly, like I said, it was sort of sickening for me to watch a little bit. Yeah, difficult to watch down the stretch indeed. We'll add a, another voice to the conversation. I believe we have Kyle Porter here. There he is, KP. Hey, bud. What up? How's it going? I'm great. It's a fun, turned into a fun uh, evening of golf. Mm, not for everybody. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, for us, I, I for mean, us. yeah, it sucks for Morikawa, but it's uh, it was better than a than a uh, than a blowout for us. Yeah, KP, I'll bounce this right back to you. Get you get you out of the gate here. Uh, I, I love Mark's point here, and this happens a lot. We talk about this a lot in baseball too, where the ball always finds like that guy. Right. You know, it's bottom of the ninth. Your your third baseman uh, doesn't have the shortest hands in the world. And that ball's going to find him. He's going to have to make a play. Morikawa chunks one and, and and has a ball roll back to his feet on 15 and then gets a similar opportunity on 60. Like the ball, it's just going to find you when things are going sideways. Yeah, I really did. And, you know, I thought it really spoke to just how. I mean, we, sometimes the way that we talk about golf is like, uh, how's your swing? How, you know, what's your ball speed? How, you know, how far do you hit it? Like stuff like that. And it's, you know, at that level, I think it's easy to forget how much of it is mental, especially when you're trying to close out events and you could almost see on his face and in his demeanor, just the stuff that was going through his head. And this is a little bit of this, this hasn't, really happened to him before right like like at the at, and i mean at the beginning of his career he just he just won a ton he won like 50 or five of his first 50 events or whatever it was six of his first 60 and now over the last uh really since the hero when he yes. when he blows the six stroke lead at the hero when he's going to become number one there's just a bunch of stuff that it hasn't gone his way if you look at his numbers rick over the first 
whatever, two years of his career, he, sh- he probably shouldn't have won as much as he did. Like he, he, he got those bounces and now they're going against him. And mentally that can, that can wear you out, especially when you think early on in your career, like, Oh, these things are just going to fall my way. And then when they start to not, I mean, his, his interview afterwards, I don't know if you guys maybe had already started, I was finishing up some writing, but he looked pretty dejected and I'm bullish on Morikawa's year. I think he's going to be actually really good this year, but it's just a mental war that I think when you're really, really young and you win a bunch, you don't realize what that's going to be like. Uh, Let's give that timeline here, Greg, the last 13 months for Kyle Morikawa. Kyle referenced it, the 2021 hero world challenge. It was another, I think it was a six shot. Was it five or six shots heading into the six? Oh, was it five? Uh, I okay. think they said. I think they were saying five on the broadcast. Okay. Uh, either right. way, this is an event that he had uh, a stranglehold on. That, as Kyle mentioned, would have vaulted him to the number one player in the world. He he shoots a seventy six four over, finishes t five, then has the twenty twenty two year, which was, uh, I mean. Pretty darn good, but if you ask him, it was like the worst year of his entire life, and he struggled with a lot of things and uh, <laughs> didn't win anything and all that stuff. It was still it was still pretty good. And then we have this event here, of course, where he blows uh, a six shot lead overnight. At some point, it got to seven shots. So, level of concern. I mean, what what does that thirteen months speak to? Man, um, well. It's interesting you brought up he had a chance to reach number one in the world at the Hero. And the Hero is kind of a, it's a low-key event. There's yeah. not a lot of pressure. There's not a lot of stress. It's on an island. Great to, on an island. Yeah, it kind of has a similar <laughs> feel to this. I, mean, I know this was a designated event and it means a lot more this year than it has. But there's always that feel of, hey, this is an ease into the calendar year. Um, and, and we've seen this golf course be very friendly to leaders. Uh, and, and look at, at the hero world challenge, it doesn't really matter who wins. It may matter to you and I'm sure it matters to the players, but it's a a much, it's an, it's an unofficial thing. It's a little, it's a, it's a gathering. It's a nice event to win, but it, it's not changing your career. Uh, and and I wonder if that's in the back of players' minds. But when all of a sudden you have a chance to become world number one, it means a little bit more. Uh, and if that's not in your head, well, I, I think that has to creep in your mind at some point. And yeah. it's just it's so interesting to think when there are collapses like this, what will the return be like? Um, and and when he didn't get it done at the Hero World Challenge, uh, most people, including myself, thought, oh, well, he'll he'll get there. It didn't happen this week, but he'll get there. And he didn't. Uh, and you see him play this week and you think, OK, yeah, this is a guy who could be the best player in the world. He looks pretty invincible. It doesn't look like there are very many holes. And then all of a sudden holes start up. So level of concern. Yeah. What, what does he have to do to shore these things up under the gun? Cause if you have ghosts like Jordan Spieth at uh, number 12 at Augusta national, uh, there are many players with many situations at Augusta national uh, and in major championships where this kind of thing has led to, I mean, you could argue Rory McIlroy from way back in 2011, right? These, these situations, when these things happen, they hit hard. Um, and, and it doesn't always mean they're never going to win again. It just, you wonder how long this will affect him because this stings and you could hear it in the post round interview. Um, that was about as dejected as I've ever heard a player in a, in a post round interview. You know, Greg, uh, uh, there's no doubt he would be dejected. Um, because there's a lot on the line. And for these guys, uh, I, I think it sort of gets missed at times that they're professionals. And, and whether it's the Hero World Challenge or this place, beating your peers is how they're measured. And, and so this uh, this will sting. Uh, there's no doubt about it, it will. But as far as identifying you know, weaknesses and shoring them up, it looks to me like he's seriously on the way. He, he's made some smart decisions. He's doing the right thing from my sort of understanding of of golf and the golf swing and stuff. So I think that's okay. I think where co- there might be an issue is how many opportunities does one get? And, and now he's going to go home and he's going to identify those places like the pitch shot into the grain, uphill, tight lie, that sort of thing, under pressure. And you simulate that as much as you can and you work on it. 
but you know the the test for this thing is under pressure and now when is that that going to happen again because this that pitch shot thursday afternoon is way different from that pitch shot sunday afternoon when you're in contention so um i think he's on the way i'm sure he's believing in what he's doing i'm sure he'll connect with folks and they'll talk about what's going on and mclaughlin will give his take and they'll work on the thing but it's just about opportunities now when is he going to get to test that shot again and, and the more time there is water under the bridge if you will sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes it isn't so uh, i think he'll bounce back is that sort of a guy but right now it's going to hurt pretty hard to put a bow on the colin morikawa story we have to we still have to get to the winner of the century tournament of champions <laughs> kyle um the uh credit to colin he does not have to do media after this round he, he doesn't he does it anyway they asked him how he felt he he just said he's feeling sadness and then there was that dejection that both greg and mark have referenced and this one you know we kind of talked about this a little a little bit before he's been his toughest critic you, you know i i don't think that the media has been tough on him i don't think his peers or any I, it, he has kind of alluded to the fact that he's not playing as well or the results are not happening as as well as he would like them to have. So this is kind of something else that he's going to have to think about as he lays his head down on his pillow. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, it goes back to what I was referencing earlier of like, he, he's so talented and he's one of the, what, three best ball strikers in the world. Probably throws Zalatoris, maybe JT in there. And at least statistically, and and it it's he's at a point in his career where <clears throat> the talent's there. I mean, he, we're talking about last year, like he was like gonna fall off to the corn fairy tree. He finished fifth at the U.S. Open and like sixth at the Masters. <laughs> like he had right. he had a good year. And you remember what we were saying it. at the U.S. Open? Like this is a problem. This guy's a problem. Yeah, we totally. said that like five, on repeat. And but it, but it, the, part of the reason was he was talking as if he was going to the corn fairy tour and you're like, hold on. What's, what's actually going on here. And I just, I I think so much, and this is a little bit, I think what Mark was alluding to so much of what he's going to have to deal with for the rest of his career, not just this year, not just this season or whatever is going to be mentally. Can you bounce back? We we saw it's a little bit, the speed story of like, you have so much success early on, and you're on top of the world and you're like, I'm going to win 10 majors, right? That's what you're, you would never say that. That's, that's probably what he's thinking. Like I'm good enough to win 10 majors and golf is not like that. Like it doesn't play out like that for anybody except for tiger. And so mentally, how do you bounce back from stuff like this is not, this is not like a huge blip on his career, but how do you bounce back from this? How do you go to Tory and contend there, go to Phoenix and maybe win that? You know, I, I, I just think so much of what he's so gifted and he's so driven. I think so much of what he's going to have to deal with from this point forward is going to be mental. And I think he's pretty mentally tough. I've seen, I, we've seen that at major championships. So I'm fascinated to see what that is like for him, how it plays out over the next, not just the next couple of tournaments, but the next couple of years. 25 under par, Sunday 72. Colin Morikawa solo second to John Rahm. The inevitable John Rahm. Mark Immelman, a Sunday 63. Looking at this scorecard, a bogey out of the gate. It's over. It's over. It's a runaway. Gets it right back at two. Finds three more at four, five, and six. Tacks another on at nine. Makes the turn in four under. And here we go. 12, 13, 14, 15. Birdie, birdie, birdie. Big bird. That's an eagle. And then another four on 18. John Rahm uh, starts his 2023 off in a, in a big way. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. And, and you, you know, you can look at the numbers and talk about the ball striking and all that sort of stuff. And I think course history was a big deal at this place because he's been so good around here. It just sort of fits with him and he's got the family out and it's a, a relaxed kind of a start to the season. But I, I want to point to confidence. And this is a guy who was downright unbeatable 
really through the fall wherever he played. He was basically winning or finishing runner-up in all the events he played in. And so confidence was there. And then the first round, he opens up and just looks like he could have shot the grass off that golf course and shot 63 or whatever he did in round 164. Um, I think it was eight or nine under. 64. Yeah, and then... Uh, then the whole starts looking the size of a thimble in round two and everything's going bananas and he's losing his mind and Saturday wasn't much better, but it was just enough that he sort of kept himself in the thing. Then all of a sudden, one or two putts start going down and then you could see there was a moment there on the back nine. I feel like, you know, the birdie on 12 was a pretty big one to sort of get things going. But then up 14 there, that uphill, that short par four. That tee shot's not as easy as the pros make it look because you've got all that huge hay down the right-hand side. If you tweak one, there's a cart path down the left of that fairway bunker, and you hit it into kingdom come down the left. And it's normally into the wind, and he hits one green side there. And off a into-the-grain lie with this little mound in front of him, he pitches it up there to give. And I'm like, now, wait a second. Now he gets to 22 or 3, and all of a sudden you could see like, all right, fifth gear and then it was sixth gear and then he hits wedge into the par five and it looked like hold on this is a different human being and it's just one of those things where these guys are just looking for that little special something these generational guys like a ram or a mackerel or a tiger something and they just lurk around the place and lurk around the place and then something happens and they capitalize and then you can just see the afterburners get switched on and that's exactly what he did because he did not miss um from then on and it was it, it was virtuoso it was it was fun to watch i got to be honest with you the as we learned greg in our trivia uh, session a couple of weeks ago golf is played outside the u.s kyle and if you haven't <laughs> been paying attention uh john rom wins the spanish open wins the dp world tour championship wins here that's five or excuse me three trophies in his last five starts and we are just getting started on a new pga tour year yeah and it's something um that we have all kind of agreed on i know you've been huge on it it just felt like a big year on the way for john rom uh and well if you didn't think so before you definitely think so now because this was an unbelievable performance. But, you know, what I find so interesting about Rom's win here, uh, he has played a many a great Sunday round, whether in or out of contention. But after in his post-round interview, he talked about the bogey at one and how winning really wasn't on his mind. And winning didn't really get to his mind until he made eagle at 15. So he he is playing that entire round just trying to do the best he can. He's just trying to make as many birdies as he can. And Colin Morikawa, conversely, is thinking about winning not only from the first tee to the end of the end of the day, uh, or till at least 14 or, or 15, somewhere in there. He's thinking about winning on Friday night. He's thinking about winning on Saturday night. Uh, he's thinking about winning on Sunday morning. And, and I think that the, the weight of that is so uh, heavy. That so heavy it can bring you to tears, like it did Scotty Scheffler at the Masters last year. Just imagine if Scotty Scheffler did what what Colin Morikawa did at the Masters, and and Rory ended up winning the Masters last year. I mean that wow. that's the kind of thing that it takes, right? There so much has to come together to win a golf tournament. As good as you, as as good as you can be, um, you, the other guys are trying to win too, and. It it just it breaks my heart for Morikawa, but I love the ability for a John Rom to play that kind of inspired golf when he doesn't feel like he has a chance to win. He's just he's playing the very best he can until the whistle blows, and at the end of it, we'll add, we'll add it all up. And it's such a great attitude to have, and it's the attitude you have to have regardless of what side you're on, if you're winning or or losing. You have to play that way because um, it is 72 holes for a reason. Uh, it's the eighth victory on the PGA Tour, KP, for John Rahm. Obviously, the only win last year was the Mexico Open. He was three and a half to one to win that week in a uh, weaker field. He was the headliner, gets one here out of the gate, and it starts to feel like uh, John Rahm is probably going to be the favorite every time he tees it up, uh, and he is going to be he's going to be graded on victories. Feels like the only way he grades himself and probably the only way we're going to start grading him now. 
Well, you know, with a watered down PGA tour now that all these live guys are gone, it's pretty easy to win tournaments. <laughs> so be sure. Uh, no, I mean, listen, I, I think I, to me, like I know what the world rankings say. I think it's Rom and Rory and everybody else. Like, I think they, they're just so clearly the two best guys in the world right now. And I think Rom, for whatever reason, he gets a little bit like he, his numbers, not, not statistically, but like his finishes and his wins. It's extraordinary. I mean, I, I put this out there, but he, uh, now it's 54 of his last 89 events in the OWGR events. He's finished in the top 10. So that's Euro Tour, some PGA Tour, mostly PGA Tour, but some other stuff sprinkled in there. And he's just always in it. You know, he's just always up there. And and it's, I think because of that, people think that is, oh, he doesn't win that much. He, he His winning percentage on the PGA Tour, I haven't calculated it today, but it's like nine or 10%. It's really, really high. And one of these years, I, I keep, I, I think I said this last year, I was like, he's going to win five times this year. I, I feel like that every first week of January because of he's just, he just, he's just always in it. He's just always around the lead or, you know, he'll, he'll do something like he did today. And I, I think one, I think there is going to be a year in the next five or six years where he wins like five to seven times in a season. Like, I really think that like, he's that good. And one of those is going to be a major. And I think hopefully at some point people will be like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like he's, he's as good, if not better than Rory. And Rory said that after the, the DP world tour uh, finals last year, like this guy is, is he goes, I know I'm number one in the world, but this guy's right there. Like he's that good. So I'm excited for his season. I'm excited to see kind of what comes of it. Rick, if I may, uh, in my experience, you know, being around these players, um, th- there's always something you point to with certain golfers, and that, and I always sort of say to players I've worked with, is that winners will find a way. And and, and to me, as I watch John Rahm, he's such an ode to Seve Ballesteros and Jose Maria Olazabal, because they are sort of the two elder statesmen of of Spanish golf, and and both of those guys, even when they didn't have their best stuff, would find a way to win tournaments. Heck, I mean, Jose Maria Olathebel won a Masters basically on one leg um, after he was out for so long with with the arthritis in his foot. Uh, and then you have Sergio Garcia come along, who should have won so much more than he did, but he would find a way to almost not win events. And, and then you have a few other really talented golfers, those ones that sort of turn your head, and they don't win as much as they should. And there's something about Ram; He's just got that. He's got that special something that when he gets into position and he gets a sniff of the lead, he is not going away. And 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 it's all really, in my estimations, Ram managing Ram, because oftentimes I think he can be his worst enemy a little bit because he gets a little hot around his collar, but but he managed that some. He he kept a bad round decent this week, and so he kept himself in it. Now even like Greg was saying, with Morikawa so far out in front, you're just pedaling, and you're just trying to make up some ground. But then all of a sudden, when he got a chance, <laughs> like I said, the guy just turned into a different player, and that's he's sort of Seviesque in that way, and I think it's a beautiful ode to the Spanish golf, this armada of players throughout the years that have been so great. Looking at the rest of this leaderboard, uh, tied for third, Tom Hoagie. Love to see that, Greg. Max Hoba, slow start with newfound perspective, went 63-69 on the weekend. Uh, my 66. Math, excuse me. That Yes, you're absolutely right. My math says that is 129. To put that into perspective, John Rahm, winner of said event, shot a 130 on the weekend. And then Tom Kim, along with JJ Spawn, rounding out our top five. Uh, there's some good storylines here. Yeah. Uh, this is what designated events are all about, right? I mean, I know in this shortened field, you're much more likely to see a, a leaderboard like this. Uh, there are much li- more limited options, and we'll see in the remaining designated events. But it's off to a pretty good start. Uh, and and Max Homa has really proven that what he did last year was not a fluke. Uh, and I think he showed that all year. And, and we were kind of hot on that trail where it was it was gradual improvement. It was development that has lasted. And it lasted right to this week. 
Uh, and he kind of went out and tried to calm 10 under on, on Saturday. And now he's a little bit closer to the lead and he goes out and plays another great round uh, is able to play really controlled golf and then still has that ability to get hot at certain points in the round um, when the, when the holes provide it. And that's exactly what he did today. And, and Tom Kim, Finally, I think he is just going to continue to show us that uh, he's for real, that he really is that good. And and it's a question to me of, is Tom Kim going to get down one of these Morikawa Spieth paths, paths where, because it feels like a story like that is kind of brewing. You see a Tom Kim win a major championship, which is very possible. You know, how does he advance past this point where uh you know one setback can hold you back for a couple of years not that that's happened to morikawa yet um I'm, I'm not saying that but it definitely happened to spieth and so we'll see it but it seems like tom kim is that next star that's really um a, a really really bright light in the game and he's proving that he really is good he's not just enjoyable to watch because of his personality his game backs it up for sure yeah, Tom Tom Kim a pair of 68s on the weekend in route to a 2200 par T5 KP. I can tee up on anybody here, but noteworthy other nuggets. Uh, Will Zalatoris goes four under, four under, four under, eight under in his first start since injury. Very good showing for Will. Good to see out of the gate. Yeah, it was. Real quick on Tom Kim. I, I'm fascinated by him, Craig, because you, 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 you watch him and you look at his numbers and, and it doesn't, it doesn't really all add up. You know, he's, he's, he's really short, like, like almost debilitatingly so, but he's a great iron player. And he, I just, he, he, I think the thing that's really interesting about him that I've, that I've gathered that I've noticed is, you know, this time a year ago, he's playing what the eight, the, Asian tour, the sunshine. Tour. I mean, he, he's, he, he makes of all of them, right? One. Yeah. He's won a lot at every level. And, and every time he, he jumps up a level, it's almost like he raises his game to that level, which I think is almost a skill in and of itself. And, and, and to me, it, uh, it, it almost supersedes his, you know, maybe lack of ball speed or length or, you know, a lot of the a lot of the things that we talk about that are necessary in kind of a modern uh, PGA tour and and especially at major championships. I'm interested to see him at major championships. LACC might be a good spot for him, you know, because it it might not require a ton of length off the tee uh, to get around that course. Um, So, yeah, I just wanted to mention that on, on uh, Tom Kim real quick, but Salatoris was great. Uh, Good to see him back. He, uh, what did he finish at 20 under 19? 20 is 20. Yeah. It's a, it's a good week. Um, nothing crazy, but, uh, you know, he's somebody that you want. He, he's a, he, he's not really a character, but he's interesting because you never know what you're getting on the greens. He's an elite ball striker. He's, he's, he's awesome to watch. He's got some fire. He's fun. And I, I'm hopeful that, you know, he's can stay healthy enough not only to contend at majors again, but also to be on the uh, the U.S. Ryder Cup team in in uh, September. Uh, Rick, I just want to put put a, a bow really quickly on on the three guys you highlighted. First off, Hoagie is a hitter. I mean, that guy, he's not going to go away. He is really, really sound and, and does so under the radar all of the time. As for Tom Kim um, well, and Max Homer, I, I'm doing with a PGA Tour again, flying down tomorrow morning, doing some of those swing thoughts. And now the next few golfers are featuring, featuring their Tiger Woods in there and their Spieth and stuff. Uh, but... Um, but um, Tom Kim is one of them, and of course, Max Homer is the other. And so I was going through Max Homer's footage this afternoon of the videos they've sent me. And honestly, the guy's golf swing is flawless. Yeah, and, it's really and, good. And I, I, I called him in the match against Tom Kim at the President's Cup for ESPN. And the guy is for real. And I'm so high on Max Homer. I actually said that to, to Greg last night. I was like, if you're looking for a bet, try and find Max Homer doing something because I'm, I'm expecting that. But I want to say to Tom Kim, because I asked my brother, the President's Cup captain, um, about Tom. And he said, he's got a winner's attitude. 
Now, I hope he doesn't get mixed up in trying to hit it longer because that's going to change the dynamics and the nature of his game. If he picks up 10 extra yards or so, great. But be careful of not giving up who you are in the interest of doing that. And so to Trevor, I'm like, so what made him so good? And Trevor's like, when we arrived on site at the President's Cup, I looked at him and I said to him, Tom, I want you. He goes, he said to him, are you ready to make the putt to win? And Kim goes, yeah, I am. And so every day, and then Adam Scott hopped, hopped on board and he goes, Tom, you're going to make the putt to win. Now, obviously, that didn't transpire. But that Saturday evening when he made that putt to win in that match where he hit two iron into the green versus Sam Burns' wedge, he made that birdie to win the match. Tom goes to them, he goes, well, I guess it wasn't the putt to win, but I made the putt to win. And and that's just what Trevor said he was. He's like, this guy has got that mindset, that demeanor where he doesn't back down for anybody, no matter where they're playing from, he's up for it. And so I think, you know, he's not going to go away. He's proved it now, and he's been awfully consistent, you know, throughout. And and that victory he had with the Wyndham, where I called him, yeah. the guy didn't miss, man. It, it was un- incredible to watch under pressure. I, I don't disagree with that, but his length is a problem when it comes to majors. There's just not a lot of examples in the modern in the modern game of guys that are that short winning may I mean he some of the guys that he's around, it's like Richie Ramsey, Russell Knox, Ian Poulter, Kevin Kisner. Like that's that <laughs> And you can win a major. I mean, uh, Patrick Reed's uh, short. Uh, Louis Oosthuizen is short. Uh, th- there, there, are, there are examples of it. It's just really difficult to do so. And well, I guess it begs the question, how many majors are you expecting this guy to win? Uh, because if he wins well, two, that's fantastic in a career. I mean, for sure. But was had an incredible career already. But we're talking about him like we're throwing around Spieth and JT here. And I just don't think that's the... I don't think that's the path. Tom, Tom Kim is like, I cannot wait to see how 2022 plays out. Cause I, I, I agree with Kyle for the most part, but he is those names that you rattled off. Don't hit it. Like Tom Kim does. He there, they do not hit their second shots. Like him. they, they, I mean, I guess Kinder Kisner could get hot with the putter. He is way better in every facet of the game yeah. Yeah. than the, than those guys Um, to put a bow on a couple of these items here. So uh, what was, what was Tom Kim doing last January? Uh, his his first start in January last year, he won the Singapore International, an Asian tour event. He'd go on to play five straight Asian tour events, then make a DP World Tour start. So uh, quite the quite the come up for the for the 15th ranked player in the world in KP. Um, yes, the, he's short. The next three weeks are like short hitters paradise tom kim probably wins two of them and we'll be at full-fledged we'll be at full-fledged like tom kim mania by the time we get to augusta national i saw a great somebody (laughs) it might have been on twitter somebody said i can't tell if he has the most swag of anybody in the world or if he just like has no idea what's going on like he was like it's 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 one of those two and i can't figure out which one it is because he's the way he carries himself is uh, is tremendous. I'm I I hope he I hope he wins eight majors because I would love to write about it. He's awesome. Uh, all right, gentlemen, we need to uh, we're going to talk about some more players, but we're going to do it in the context of reviewing our wagers for this week, and we do. Yeah, feels good. We do have to update the one and done standings, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. All right, Greg, we're starting off 2023 uh, with some items here. Now, you were not with us to make these picks, so you can give us a little bit of analysis. We found a couple of winners in the matchup department. I had Adam Scott over Billy Horschel. That was no problem. And then KP had Colin Morikawa over Tony Finau, which uh, despite the debacle on Sunday for Colin, this was plenty good. A four-shot win over Tony. That's a bold pick for you, Kyle. Um, You know, I'm looking at that coming in thinking we're going to get some really good stuff out of Tony. And I had some questions about Colin uh, and it seemed like they were all answered for a majority of the 60 some holes in this tournament. All those questions were answered. So it was bold, but it paid off. Uh, And Rick, what was your strategy? Are you picking? Are you just picking on Billy Horschel? Just saying this isn't, this isn't going to be a good spot for him. <laughs> little Billy. Yeah. Yeah. You're I was just picking on him. I, I was just it. picking on, I was just picking on little Billy here. Yeah. I mean, this was, this was, um, this was a lot closer than, uh, I think it should have been. This was like a 13 shot lead going into the weekend because Billy Horschel was the only guy over par on Thursday and it got very close on the weekend and Adam Scott won by one shot. <laughs> wow. 
that 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 narrows quick. Yeah. I mean, no, see, people, we talk about the Morikawa meltdown, but uh, nobody talks about Adam Scott. That's right. He he avoids he avoids all of that. Um, Mark, I'll throw this to you because Justin Thomas made the betting board for both Patrick and Kyle here in the finishing de- position department. I, I think we could say maybe that was the most disappointing week. He was he was one of the favorites coming in. He finished T twenty five. He only shot in the sixties once around the plantation course. I think we were ready for a big Justin Thomas week. We didn't get it. And I think if you had to ask Justin Thomas that, he'd probably agree with you. Um, I, I don't know how the form was coming in. We saw him play some in that that match with Tiger and Rory and and Jordan Spieth, but that was never really a, a great way to get a barometer, some sort of reading for where the game is. And a lot of these things are, how's the player playing coming in? But I was with you. I'm like, you know, the golf course, he's had so much success around there. Um, he's comfortable. Um, he strikes his irons beautifully, so you expect him. He's long enough to, to win around that place. But when it gets to be a, 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 a little bit of a birdie fest, uh, it essentially becomes a putting contest. Um, and everyone sort of knew that 69-ish was par. And so that means you've got to start holding some putts of consequence because there's because um, of the par fives and stuff. So, so yeah, it was disappointing. And if, and if I was, you know, making bets, I would have looked for some Justin Thomas bets too, to be truthful. Well, despite the disappointing week and finishing T25 out of a field of 39, Kyle, he did find you a green little check mark on your best bet because you took Justin Thomas plus 105 over the X-Man, Xander Shoffley, who shoots at opening 70, uh, plays a couple of holes on Friday and WDs from the Tournament of Champions. Yeah, I, I, I got lucky here. Uh <laughs> I actually probably got a little lucky on the Markawa bet too. Uh, you referenced it earlier, Greg, but that was really more of a like if I could have bet Markawa over the first three months of 2020. I, I thought Markawa was undervalued coming into the year. I thought people were kind of like, fair. "Oh, Markawa's de-, you know like plus money against Finau." Uh, that just I know Finau's form is like you know theoretically better or is better, but. I, I'm just, I was very kind of bullish on Morikawa for the entire year when people were kind of, I don't know, it, it, there was just kind of a weird Morikawa thing going on. So, uh, yeah, this was lucky because Xander, it, a normal Xander week w- with him being healthy, he would have smoked JT the way that JT put. Tom Hoagie top 20 at plus 110 was my best bet, Greg. Um uh, Little little disrespect. Maybe I should have said top five. Tom Hoagie said top twenty is no problem. This guy's this guy's kind of a problem. I think we might have talked about this on Monday's show, where I don't think anyone's gonna look at Tom Hoagie and say elite athlete, elite golfer. I don't I don't think that's happening. But the way you get a lot of these PGA tour setups and how Hoagie hits his wedges as well as he does, like he he's going to have a great year. It just seems inevitable. Yeah, you know, there was one area last year where he missed like what, six cuts in a row out of nowhere. Right. But it, it's like he just lost something and it came back and it's right back to the hoagie we know. I mean, he's a guy I, I play him in DFS every week. He's the steal of every week. The one thing you got to watch out for now is people are catching on. You watch out for ownership with him, but I mean, you can almost start your lineup with him. So, uh, and, and you know, in this tournament, Rick, I like I like the top twenty. I know he gets you way more than that, and it, it turns out great. But you you go shoot nineteen under par, and it's a t thirteen. Right. I mean, you could play great golf in this event and finish outside the top. I mean, if you shot 16 under, you're outside the top 20. So I I think it's a very uh, smart angle to play there. Um, Your odds are probably weaker because it's only, you know, you're talking about top half of the field. Maybe top 10 would have been the play. But still, to finish inside the top 10, which is your next level up, you got to shoot 21 under. Oh, he did. He does it, of course. But um, I still think you made the right call. Of course he does. It's Tom Hokey. He's just the man. <laughs> Love that guy. Okay. 
it leaves us with just one one final thing to do and it is yeah oh yeah there's some excitement there's some excitement from uh from the boys about getting to the the one and done standings we'll do that but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners and we're back all right here we go first tournament out of the gate uh and millions have been earned millions and millions have been earned now it's death taxes and Mark Immelman picking winners in one and done, but he was not alone. So Mark, you hold that thought and you hold that title defense just one second. Cause I'm going to tell you that Kyle Porter is in the lead. Uh, when's the last time you were in the lead? Even if it's tied, even if it's tied for lead, when was the last time you were in the lead of one and done? You also picked John Rob. I think I won. Did I win the 2021 or I, I don't remember I don't know. It's been it's been <laughs> multiple so. years. In other words, Craig goes. I don't think so. Yeah, probably maybe not. Well, I think I won uh, that year. I think it went me, Rick, Mark. maybe twenty twenty, maybe twenty, maybe in your dreams. I don't know if you've ever won. Twenty fifteen. <laughs> uh, yeah, feels feels good to pick a pick a winner out of the gate. I didn't know. I didn't know anybody else had him. I forgot that Mark. Uh, I forgot that Mark had him. Uh, yeah, two point seven million mark. They they doubled this purse from last year. So uh, John Rom gets a gets a big old chunk here for you uh, in your in your title defense. Yeah, um, look, with a lot of these events now being the elevated events and the bigger purses, I think you're going to see people playing golf is a little different. And and I've actually used Rom at this event before in a previous league that I played in, um, just because of the short field and how he plays the golf course well. But the truth truth be told, I mean, when because um, I wasn't on your preview show, when I texted Troy, I'm like, when are the picks in? So he said, well, tomorrow. And then I'm like, well, I want to go Xander, but I'm unsure about uh, the health. And so I did a little snooping around. And then I decided, well, it's a little bit of a risk. Uh, I can think of places I'll play sh- uh, sharply later in the year so i was like well just let's go for john rahm it's big purse he's playing well a golf course suits him why not and so a little fortunate but i'll take it yeah let's let's go to the opposite end here so two picks at the top of the board two picks at the bottom cn ajad continues his mush and greg you uh, fall into the trap as well both of you picked xander shoffley i guess the good news is because he teed off on Thursday and this was a guaranteed payout, he gets you $200,000 despite not completing the second round. Yeah, um, 200 large <laughs> <laughs> for an event like uh, you know an, an event like this is kind of nice. I'm not gonna lie, even though I'm two and a half million million dollars behind, this is a little disappointing. Um, clearly the health was wildly misjudged. Um, and we also have that difficult five o'clock Tuesday cut off. And when things happen Wednesday, you don't really have that option to change. So if I, if I did, I would have changed it because it seemed like right after that, right after the pick was in, I said this, I don't even know if he's going to, he might just hit a shot and, and walk off just to collect his, you know, minimum wage. So yeah, it's, uh, it's minimum really too wage. bad. His min- <laughs> yeah, minimum wage on the tour is 200 I don't think grand. that's what minimum wage looks like. <laughs> uh, we have some, we have, I've, I've got, can I file a complaint to the league office here? Uh, sure. You, Who's we usually league? just put them right in the shredder, but go ahead. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I went back and looked at our Tuesday show mm-hmm. and I just texted you guys the screenshot. It looks as if Mark had Xander. Yeah, but like I said, I texted Troy. I was I was on vacation, and I said to him when I heard about the oh. Xander inju- injury, I texted him later to the day, and I said, "Rom, it was a pivot." Oh, so so Mark gets to choose after the after the show, unlike Greg. <laughs> I'll tell you what, this is this is this is a pretty interesting development. Yes. I did not realize that. Wow, when was the pivot? That's the question. What about the what about the cutoff? I mean, I was under the impression that uh, and look, I didn't ask. I didn't plead for anything. I didn't try to pivot at all. So I'm I'm stuck with Xander and I own that. 
nothing's really changed though. I mean, I was getting you, you guys were changing rules in the playoffs last year too. So say, oh, let's make this thing say oh, whatever. We this producer Troy, jump in. We need you to weigh <laughs> in. You're the you're, we we we. There's a lot going on here. We need some timestamps. We got is there got, is this collusion between this could be collusion between Mark and Troy? Who knows when is, these texts? This happen. is a full on conspiracy. At this I believe point. it was Tuesday night. He. Yeah texted me and said that he wanted to change while i was Tuesday on nights pretty vague. on vacation i still sent him a picture of my view while i was doing it wow limited service and and greg you well hold on greg is under the presumption that you're not allowed to you were not allowed to change right i uh, yeah i mean i i thought that five o'clock tuesday was our deadline have we i may I, have re- i may actually have record of me saying that to another friend of mine <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't change, so I'm stuck with it. Because I have, I have a friend who uh, is in a different league, and he was like, oh, "I'm going to go with Xander." I said, "Yeah, me too." And he said, and then all of a sudden, it's like Tuesday night, you know, eight o'clock or so, and he's like, "The Xander thing's not looking good." He withdrew from the pro am, uh, yada yada yada. But he's like, "I'm switching. I'm switching to Rom." I said, "Well, uh, yeah, good for good for you. I can't. We have a we have a strict." Tuesday, five o'clock deadline. Okay. I may have record of that. I got to look around. Okay, for well, that. speaking of record, yeah, it is. <laughs> I texted on Wednesday, actually. So if you if oh. <laughs> if you're prepared to dock, if you want to go ahead and dock me this, go go right ahead. We we can play this. Game if you want I don't to. know if a, if a docking is in is in play. I think a stern warning is in play, and if if. Uh, this, is, no, no, no. This is not. This is nonsense. Nobody like we what? used to have to. This, this text. This, this Mark should have come begging and pleading to the group chat to change, and we could have. We could have. It could have been a democracy on the spot about whether he was changing or not. We used to have to submit our pick. And this is, I thought, still the spirit of the rule. We used to have to submit our pick. No changes by. Uh, by by Tuesday at five, right? That's what I thought. Go for it. Unless a player withdrew, right? That that we were allowed to sub in for that. Yeah, I think. well, yeah, that that's been the case in the past. If someone withdrew before before the tournament, someone could alternate. That's right. We have done that. We have we have allowed for a an alternate selection after a after a golfer has withdrawn after the Tuesday mega preview pod. This is uncharted territories where we're at right now. What, we might need to, Troy's just muted his mic, so I don't think smart. Troy's the smartest guy, <laughs> smartest guy here. Muted his mic. We, we might need to let the league office deliberate on this a little bit. I, this feels like a deliberation. <sighs> I'm I'm of the mind that uh, he should keep the two point seven million, and that he should be on probation, and he <laughs> he should. Uh, the, the, these 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 issues have to be have to be dealt with in the group chat. Anyway, okay, cool. Let, let's. I, I don't that's get. I, I don't. That sounds great, Rick. Thank you. <laughs> I don't get to be on the pregame show with you guys anymore, so I will make sure that I get my text in on time when it comes to it. Okay. I think it's fair. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. John Rom still. John Rom still had to win the golf tournament. It's not like he's well, we need, on Sunday night. We need a. We need an actual. R- Go ahead, Troy. You were going to say, like, what's the actual rule? No, I think you're right, Kyle. Moving forward, 5 o'clock, that's it. I think from here on out, that that's it. And if someone withdraws or something like that, we yeah. go through. Yeah, here are the two scenarios in which in which that rule doesn't apply. Your golfer WDs after you select and turn you group chat in an alternate. Or if you have a duplicate pick, the group chat picks your golfer for you. That is yeah. how we've That is how we've done it. Okay. So, cool with that. all right, cool. Include me in the group chat, please. You're in the group chat. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a group. Mark, chat. Mark is. And coach is like, would you stop texting me? Okay, we have to, we'll kick coach out. Plausible deniability all over the place for Mark here. I was on vacation. I'm not in the group chat. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot. There, the, it was you know Wednesday, what, not Tuesday. You know what concerns me, Kyle, is that seasons end. They're still going to be joying about this stuff and be like, well, this is legit. There should be an asterisk next to this, blah, blah, blah. Oh, for sure. Well, that's why we're allowing it. 
Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that we have a built-in exactly. excuse for the next right. 34 yes. weeks. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> See, that's not a bad thing, I guess. We should let we should let Kyle M vote on this. We he should just be the the complete judge, jury, and yeah. execution. He just he just should decide everything. Wow. Yeah. He was He's a big hit, by the way. Com- yeah, he de was de facto great. commissioner. Yeah, he was a he was a big hit. <laughs> he didn't know what I he was going to do. Ruling on Tuesday. Ruling on Tuesday with Kyle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's great. He there bid for a little bit more I think responsibility than. <laughs> yeah, he paid for it. <laughs> yeah, I would lean toward letting Mark keep the two point seven, but we'll, we can let Kyle M jump in there. Yeah, I think I think that has to. So, be. Wait, no, no, no. So now you guys are going to make me sit and con- be concerned about? This no, I I agree. This ha- before we get to the next week, we have to we have to know how much he has. I think I think we've got this figured out. We'll get Kyle's M- so Kyle too. M's I'll opinion. Vote, I'll vote we have on this, that too. We have this figured out. I'll vote on that. All right. It's it's done deal. Congratulations, Mark. 2.7 million. It's true. Congratulations. And, 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 By the skin of your teeth. And unless something crazy happens, it's highly likely that I go with Russell Henley next week if you guys want to know what I'm going to do. That's well, just get it in by five. You don't have to tell us. Just get it in by five. No, because no, when we did this, when we used to put our picks in the chat and everyone could sort of see, you'd see guys holding out to see who someone played. And the, the first guy would put up a number name and then it'd be like, well, I can't go with that guy because he's doing X. That was actually more fun. Yeah, the ev- the evolution of how we have put picks in is, and there's always a pro- it's yeah. always it's always we, something. Well, we need we need to go back, Troy. We need to go back to the uh, the Google or the uh, form, the blind the Google, Google, Google form. form, because then it's just blind. That's the way to do it. it you don't get. <laughs> You don't get, you know, game theory going on in a group chat with <laughs> five clowns. Everyone waiting till four fifty nine and fifty nine yeah, exactly. seconds to put their pick in. <laughs> All right, can we do we have that a one and done board? We can run through the the, the rest of these. So, uh, Greg and Sia two hundred K, Patrick got two forty one from Patrick Cantlay. The fans got two hundred thirteen thousand. That was Justin Thomas. I got. 265 from Cam Young. Thank you for a decent Sunday. The payouts were pretty uh pretty small. Like the the jumps, the 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 jumps from you know yeah. were pretty small. Kyle M, our big bidder, our uh, super fan, super one and done competitor, went with Victor Hovland, got two hundred and twenty-nine thousand. So outside of the two point seven million for Mark and KP, uh the rest of us are are within uh, I, I mean, thirteen a thirteen thousand dollar jump from Xander, who with who WDs to Justin Thomas. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Uh, the the uh, I think it speaks to somebody was talking about this earlier, but the the elevated events I refuse to call them designated events. I'm going to call them elevated events. Uh, are going to be so? I mean, two two forty. Patrick got 240 for uh, for Cantlay. That's going to be like third place this week at the Sony. Maybe not third, but top five, right? Yeah, you're going to have to get your timing right. You're going to have and to. You have to be. You're going to. If the- you nail a couple of the elevated events, like if you hit a players winner or a Riviera winner or whatever, you're going to be in. You're going to be sitting pretty. You're going to be in the driver's seat. I yeah yeah. yeah. What, what's what's the what's the player is going to be this year like 80 million or something (laughs) (laughs) i think it's uh i think it's 25 million 25 and what's first 18 percent is that what they do yeah Yeah, i think it's three three eight or something yeah four eight well 18 percent of 25 is 4.5 jeez that's like half of a of a winning total for a previous year that's like Jack Nicholas's career earnings. <laughs> it's more. <laughs> it's unreal. Any final thoughts, gentlemen? JT before, at the players. Before we put a before we put a bow on. He's gonna go back to back since they erased Cam Cam. Which, by the way, that's like Cam Smith won the twenty twenty two players. Like, can we just admit that? Like, the whole erasure thing is. It's a bit much. They they still have the Australian flag flying at TPC Sawgrass. Good. They should. I will say this, players. I've got my eye on one Tom Kim, 
uh, well, since we've been talking about him, if there was a golf course built for a human being, those two, uh, that's a match made in heaven right there. Mm, I like that. Me too. Sodi Open. DFS preview on Monday, Mega Preview Pod on Tuesday. Also, PM deadline Tuesday. Also known as our deadline. <laughs> yeah, for the you're telling us. <laughs> yeah, now Mark's, now Mark's real strict <laughs> on the deadline. <laughs> <laughs> round by round recaps after each round uh, next week. Big thanks to producer Troy. Does all the hard work behind and in front of the scenes. Mark Gimmelman available at Mark underscore Gimmelman. Greg Ducharme, the real GFD. Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.